What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about willpower corrupt you. And I mean that in two ways. Will power corrupt you? Like, will power corrupt you? <laughs> I know I just said the same thing like three times, but will power corrupt you? And willpower, one word, willpower corrupt you? The answer is yes to both of them. Let's talk about willpower first. The one word version, willpower first, because I think that's the most important for people. So willpower is when you don't have your intent, your standards internalized and you're at war with yourself trying to accomplish some type of goal or promise that you made to yourself. Let's start with a very, very personal story of mine. So uh, I think since the age of 14, I was addicted to porn, man. Yep, addicted to porn. Probably not surprising, you know. I think the majority of boys are pretty addicted to that stuff. But anyways, I got started 2014. I was 14 at the time. I was born in 2000. And there has been, I cannot count how many times I tried to quit by sheer willpower. Which is to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. (laughs) And, you know... Clear the cache in the browser, delete the delete the stash, and don't try not to think about it anymore. You know, and I can I have a pretty strong will. I can do it for maybe a couple months max. But you know, the the standard of not watching porn was not internalized. Therefore, I inevitably went back every single time until very recently, like this year recently, I finally got over the hump. The standards have been internalized. And yeah, I don't I don't do that stuff anymore. So the challenge with all the things that we want to stop doing or that we want to pick up, we want to pick up positive things and put down negative things. The challenge is learning how to internalize those goals. And how do you do that? To be honest, I cannot tell you for sure. I can tell you for sure how it can work for you. There are habits and goals and things that you have internalized that you can reverse engineer in yourself to find the process that works best for you. I do know some things that can work for you no matter who you are and what habit that you're trying to break. The big thing, two two things actually. The first thing is that you need to have an intense negative mo- emotional experience. For example, when I was when I finally got off this porn stuff, right? I was, I've been journaling every day for the past few months once a week for the last couple of years. And what I came to realize is that I was digging myself into a hole. And one day it hit me like a brick. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this has some serious consequences for me and who I want to become, the family that I wanted to create, the man that I want to be, the things I want to pursue. If I don't get this under control right now, uh, I'm fucked. One of my favorite books of all time it's called um, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. And there's a story in here, in there, that is a very powerful example of what I just said. So this guy, he's a, a smoker, right? He wants to stop smoking. He goes and talks to Tony Robbins. No, no, he doesn't. He's, he's a smoker, right? And he's smoking, and he doesn't feel any way about it. He's not even thinking about quitting smoking. He's been smoking for years. It doesn't have any negative effects on him or whatever. But one day, his daughter comes home from school. She's like 
five or six, you know, in that young, um, high-pitched, cute phase, <laughs> I guess. And she's like, she comes up to him while he's um, smoking, right? And she's like, Daddy, you're killing yourself. Stop killing yourself, Daddy. And he's like, what are you talking about, baby? And she's like, that cigarette in your mouth. <laughs> he's like, what? And she was like, and his daughter says to him, I want you to be there when I get married. And you know what happens? A guy that was smoking regularly and didn't even think about quitting, he instantly quit right there and never went back. That's the kind of emotional experience that you need to have to um, start breaking the habit, the bad habits or forming the good habits. Usually it's like, it's the same way. It's like you break a bad habit and you pick up a good habit at the same time. A good habit is not doing the bad habit. <laughs> I, you can't really force those highly intense emotions, I don't think, unless you really think about it and write it down. Make it real to yourself. But the second thing that you got to do is figure out how you are gaining from continuing the bad habit that you've been doing. There's a principle called secondary gains. It's um, I'm not sure if it's like a behavioral psychology thing, but everything that you do, you do because you have a benefit to it. Even the things that are destructive. Let's say you do a drug, right? You know the drug is bad for you, but you do it anyway because there is a secondary gain. Forget about the addiction part. Let's pretend like you're not addicted. You're just getting started, right? There is a secondary gain that you're experiencing, which means to say, although doing drugs is bad for you, you know it consciously, and you want to stop, there is something in you subconsciously that is being fulfilled by smoking the weed, doing the whatever, right? So you can figure what that figure out what that is and replace it with something else. And it doesn't have to be something that gives you the same type of high. For example, let's say you do drugs to relieve anxiety, which is pretty much why everybody does drugs, unless they were born a drug addict. So instead of reducing your anxiety through that, you could do it through something else. What other anxiety-reducing activities can you pick up that will give you the same... Um, feeling of not being anxious anymore, if that makes sense. I was also very addicted to video games in the past as a teenager. It was a very good outlet for my anger for a while. And what I did to replace that habit, I just started pursuing things in the real world. And it was that simple for me. So I started learning things like forex trading, uh, getting better at drawing, picking up guitar, other stuff. Because uh, video games are very good at giving people a false sense of achievement and progress in their lives. Like you get on Call of Duty, you start off with level one, you got that little triangle because you're level one, and then you make it to level two, and then now you got two triangles by your name. And then you get three stars, and then you hit prestige, and then you get the camos and stuff. <laughs> I still remember all this stuff, although I haven't played Call of Duty in a very long time. And you feel like you're making progress. You are making progress. It's just in something that doesn't matter and has, at most, uh, a negative effect on your life. So, to recap, to... Oh, snap. I just still got the other part. 
So your willpower is when you haven't internalized the standards that you're hoping to achieve. Therefore, you don't. You're most likely not going to reach that goal. And to reach your goal, you have to internalize those standards. And to do that, you need to have first, it doesn't matter which order, have an intense emotional scene about whatever it is you're doing that just jolts you, jolts you awake and makes you really want to change to a very large extent. And then next, you need to find how you are gaining from the negative habit in some secondary offhand way and replace that secondary gain with something real, something different that is at least equal in in intensity. So the second part of this podcast talking about will power corrupt you willpower being two words this time will power corrupt you and the answer is of course yes now you may be wondering like why am i talking about power and how it corrupts you i believe it is very important to reject power in every way fashionable because what power is is when you don't have to experience the consequences of your actions and when you get to unload the consequences onto other people think about politicians right or the federal reserve the federal reserve is in control of the u.s currency they inflate the shit out of it they launder money to politicians and they launder it amongst themselves and they do insider trading and all this crap and what happens is they don't get to they don't have to experience the consequences of their actions they don't lose their money they don't lose their status they don't lose their positions what happens is that the american citizens pay for it every single time Every time inflation runs up, the American citizens are paying for it. When money is loaned to countries for wars that nobody cares about, the citizens pay for it. Now, I understand that dealing with political power is like a very abstract, faraway thing for 99.99% of people because we don't aspire to be a politician or a president in any way, shape, or fashion. But you probably will be a president or a politician in some way or fashion. And that way of fashion that I'm referring to is as a parent, as a parent, as a teacher, as a mentor, as a coach. You will probably be one of these things in your lifetime if you are. If you're listening to this, you're probably a little smarter than average. You will probably be one of these things in your lifetime. And when you're in these positions, you have the power to. Um, not experience consequences in a direct fashion. For example, with parents, parents can do a lot of terrible things to the children and get away with it. You can smack your kids, you can starve your kids, you can ignore your kids, and you can get away with it, at least until they get older. The parents who reject power over their children, negotiate with the children, communicate with their children, empathize with their children, And you know what happens? Those children end up sticking around for them when they get old and they have great conversations with them. They happily get to see the grandchildren and et cetera, et cetera. It's happy. But a lot of parents are going to end up alone when they get very old because they abuse their power that they had over their children. And the children grow up and don't appreciate it and they distance themselves from them. I see this all the time online, man. If you on on Windows, right? There's a button in the bottom right corner where it has the weather. 
And when you hover over it, you get a whole bunch of these stories, random stories that are on MSN, Fortune, etc. And a lot of these stories are about parents whose children aren't contacting them anymore. And what I do is I go to the comments, and every time, without fail, the parents are like, uh, the children are so ungrateful, blah, 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 blah. And they're just bitter that their child left them. They haven't taken responsibility for their actions, and they continue to skirt those. And, of course, they're lonely now. And they need the children at this time of life, and they're not there, so they're selfish. Employing the same tactics that they use on their children as grown adults, grown adults who actually recognize it for what it is now as manipulation, and they do what they deem what they deem best, which is to stop contact with their parents. Teachers are also very abusive of their power. When I was in school, I got in trouble a lot. I can't lie. In the elementary school, daycare, up until like sixth grade. After sixth grade, the consequences for being a uh, and a bad child, quote, quote, bad child, were just too high. For example, I got into a fight. Well, I didn't even get into a fight. I almost got into a fight in sixth grade, and they suspended me for like a week and a half, which is crazy because I didn't even get to touch the dude. And if I would have touched him, I would have, I would have done something. <laughs> but anyways, I had a lot of daycare teachers, a lot of school teachers, gas, like the shit out of me. And exaggerate everything that I did to my parents because they knew that I would get my ass beat if I was to be told on. I remember one time specifically, I can't remember exactly what I did, but I was in the principal's office and my dad came to pick me up. And they were talking, my dad and the principal. And my dad was like, well, you know what's going to happen when you get home, right? Implying that I was going to get beaten, right? And the principal was right there, and she started laughing at me. She laughed at me. Public school teachers, principals, and such are some of the most sadistic people on the planet, which is why I would not have my children in public school or just bear me now. Bear me now. I would not have my children in public school. For that and the variety of reasons, like children don't actually get educated, the children are abusive, too, because they come from broken homes and such. But, yeah, the teachers let the power get to them, and they corrupted them. They, they corrupted themselves, and there will be consequences for them. Power of all kinds, whether that be over children as a parent or as a teacher or as a coach or a, quote, mentor or a superior in a, in a job environment. It's corrupting. People people get drunk as hell on on the power stuff. And they become unlikable, unreachable, unreliable, nasty people to be around. So, reject power at all costs. Moral of the story is. And stop trying to will yourself to accomplish your goals. You need to internalize your standards. And in order to do that... I know that two things are required, which is a very intense emotional experience and the replacing of your secondary gains, something that's productive, that gives you that same feeling that you get from the negative behavior that you have. Dang, these things are getting long. <laughs> Almost 16 minutes. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope I did did this thing justice. Uh, with that being said, that's all I got for now, and see you next time.